0: The only other adversary of ours who's anywhere near as good as the Russians is China. So why should Russia
1: have all the fun? And since Russia is clearly backing Republicans, why don't we ask China to back us? I hereby tonight. Ask China. That's right. And not only that, China, if you're listening... Why don't you
0: get Trump's tax returns? I'm sure our media would richly reward you.
1: Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Oh man, I just got back
0: into Chicago. I barely made it back in time for the show. Um, Like so many of us, I was trapped at Burning Man. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, I did get (laughs) Ebola. Who among us wasn't? I mean, let's let's be real. I, I mean... Mark Zuckerberg was there, uh, you know, he was, out out uh, pancakes or something. Uh, Elon was there. He was, you know, in his little rocket ship made out of wood that he set on fire. It was just, you know, I mean, the this getting the
1: family back together, you know? Yeah. No, um, oh God, I just never I, have I seen such like universal, like just just schadenfreude, <laughs> like the, the fucking stupidest, you know, group of fucking rich assholes just having a miserable time. It's so oh, fucking yeah. funny.
0: Well, and and coming from the West Coast, where everybody, like everybody, knows somebody that goes to Burning Man every year, when you live on the West Coast, mm. and they're always like, the most annoying people <laughs> because it's all they want to fucking talk about, and uh-huh. they like they like plan for it all year, and they're like building fucking floats and fucking yurts and shit all year long. Like they're painting thing, they're painting their van for all year for the new thing they're going to show everybody at the Burning Man, and then there's the the rich people who just, yeah, I guess ruined that somehow, made that even worse. <laughs> um, right. but yeah, it's just like, I don't know i i i only know a couple people that ever gone there and they always talk shit about it, and they finally
1: went, and they're like, yeah, it's not it wasn't wasn't really for me, but you know, well whatever. that's like uh, you know, I just th- that always fucking happens. like things are just awesome, and then too many people fucking find out about it, and it's just like the it goes what? from like the best thing you could do to the worst, like, you know, just. Within a fucking couple of years, I I even like here I've experienced that with like with like me and my wife every year we'd go to um, Salem, Massachusetts because it's a very big sort of Halloween month like destination. There's just like a lot of cool. Oh, no, they cash in on that history, don't they? They do for sure. Well, yeah, you know, but, but but, I mean,
0: remember the time when we were burning people and hanging them? Uh, Or that religious
1: hysteria that we were, yeah. Well, and, and most, and it's like, for the most part, that's kind of like a a big theme of like any, if you do any sort of historical tour or like thing there, that, that's a, that's a heavy, that's a heavy theme of it is like, hey, these fucking religious kooks, you know, killed a bunch of innocent women for no reason. Um, but that's, that's the kind of thing now that's just completely unvisitable. I mean, it's it they get like over a million people I think in the month of October, and it's just like you can't even get into the fucking city anymore. Right. Like, to, yeah. it's just fucking miserable. It, it used to be great. There's lots of things like that where like too many fucking people either find out about it or like the wrong people find out about it, and it's just miserable from you know then on. Because I'm sure Burning yeah. Man like yeah. was you know enjoyable the first couple years that they had it. it's like oh this cool fucking like little art installation in the desert it's
0: like like, you know with with the you know woodstock 69 was fucking pretty good from what i gather and then every year after that they did it it was a fucking nightmare (laughs) you know like riots and fires and you know mass sexual assault and everything and it's like just imagine that but without any of the music and that's burning man yeah, right. which is so
1: bizarre. That <laughs> when I heard about I it mean, at there first, is I assume,
0: but it's not like a big giant main stage of like bands performing nonstop or anything.
1: No, right, and that's when I when I first heard about it, I assume that's what it was. It's just like a massive like festival, like a concert. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's it just seems like a kind of bummer to go to now. Like even without the fucking you know natural disasters that are occurring there this 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 year, but um, it, it just yeah, it seems miserable. I don't know. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm just not rugged enough. But well, you
0: know, when you charge tickets for a thing, they cost thousands of dollars. You're going to attract people who can afford that, who are probably not going to be the people it was intended for in the beginning. Um, speaking of things that <laughs> that have just gone horribly wrong, uh, I I was bored enough one night to watch the Flash movie. <laughs> oh, did you? I
1: still haven't thought. I told you I was going to. I still haven't. How oh, bad was it?
0: It's. Here's the thing, if it had just been OG Batman and Superwoman, it would have been fucking great. It would have been fucking good. That I element was, of it was good. Yeah, and it's he it's not just like Michael Keaton shows up just as a cameo. Like he's in a huge chunk of the movie. Yeah. Like half the movie he's in it and you know, I mean, it, it makes you wish that like we, we'd had Batman movies for the last 30 years that were mostly Batman in them <laughs> instead yeah. of just the last one. But yeah, it was, it was really like, I mean, the, the, the uh, fucking, what's his name? Um, Ezra. Yeah. Ezra wasn't nearly as awful as I was expecting. Like you see a lot of clips of the movie out of context. Ezra's not a
1: bad actor. Like that, that was the thing is like uh, the first, what was it? The fucking Batman V Superman and Justice League. Ezra's like not bad at all. It's just like pretty funny. Also, also like
0: very unmemorable like you kind of just you know
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know the, the minute it was over i was just like well i, I have no memory of what i just the fucking, watched the fucking like you know rabid demon that you that you picture when you when you hear the name is for miller is not necessarily yeah. represented with their very uh yeah milk toast i guess kind of stage stage you know presence or whatever yeah i also watched
0: uh john wick four or john four wick as it appears on the poster <laughs> Uh, John Wick four answers the question. What if a John Wick movie was <laughs> had the runtime as long as Lawrence of Arabia?
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: it's three hours long. It's three hours long of just, I
1: say, I've never seen, I-, I remember seeing the first one and really enjoying it and being like, wow, this was actually something pretty, um, interesting. And I wouldn't say like unique, but it, you know, it, you could tell it was made by somebody who was like a music video director before, like that had a very well, would, sense of visual style, sure. Well, it was mostly st- stunt double or stunt actors who were, you know,
0: In like, it, Hey, yeah. what if what if we made our own movie instead of you know, and nobody wanted to fund it, so they made it for very little. But it's, just, I mean, it's like they're not really telling a story. There's not really a story here. It's just, hey, here's a guy and he's a hitman and he wants out, but he, they won't let him, and he has virtually no dialogue. But it's, you know, a, an actor who's very beloved, and we're gonna do some great fight choreography and car chase
1: things and things blowing up and and you can do that once like the first one worked because it was like hey there's this guy that kill his dog he's he vows revenge he fucking kills everybody like that's that's an easy to that's an easy to pitch in an elevator you know uh, yeah make that fucking movie all day long there's another there's a dog well there's dogs
0: in all of them but there there's a a dog in this one that has a very large role in the movie like he's in a lot of the movie and it's like a sidekick well, it's not his sidekick, but it is somebody's sidekick okay. who is like, you're not really sure if this person's a good guy or a bad guy, but you're still kind of rooting for him because he has the dog. Yeah. Um, But it's like they... I I couldn't tell how much of it was, was really a dog versus CGI, but like there's some great fucking fight scenes with the dog in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like multiple great fight scenes with the dog in it too, where the dog's like... You don't just show the dog like you know attacking somebody and cut away but there's like a, like sequences of action involving people and the dog going on for like a while
1: <laughs> where you're so yeah i was very invested in the character of the dog <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, um yeah, hopefully they don't fucking kill any more animals in the other like sequels other than the first one, because yeah. I feel like that would not be a movie I'd enjoy watching that's, no, you can do that do, once
0: do that once and that's the motivation for the whole franchise but yeah right. it's I mean they're they made so much money they made what one and a half billion dollars off this fucking thing Lions gates it's like their their marquee franchise now. there's no way that and Keanu doesn't say no to anything. They got him back for a fourth Matrix movie. You think they're not going to make another fucking John Wick movie? He'll just be like, okay, sure, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Right, exactly. He doesn't give a shit. I'll um, you know, show up, whatever. Uh, one other thing I
0: watched that blew my fucking mind, this documentary on uh, Netflix, not a full-length documentary. It's about an hour long or so. Um, and I forget what it was called, but it, it was like like a graphic of like a guy in a cave, but it was like a cartoon graphic or whatever. And I was like... Caves are kind of cool. Maybe I'll learn something neat. And I learned something that blew my fucking mind. Um, So it's this cave that goes down like a couple hundred feet. And there's a portion of it that called the chute where it's like, it's so narrow that it's like, they can barely get human bodies down there. God. Um, But they're, you know, archeologists are going down there and looking around, they're finding all these bones and they kept finding more and more bones to the point where they could, figure out that these were bones from a new species of proto-human, you know? Like oh shit. In, yeah. Like in the, I mean, there's about a dozen or so different, you know, distinct species of, you know, human, like animal slash people that didn't, you know, they're not alive anymore. They're all extinct. They didn't make it to the point where we did. Uh, and a lot of people think that like we, you know, humans who were around back then at the same time may have killed off some of them, especially in the Interthals, uh in Europe. Um, so they're finding more and more bones. And then they find something that had never been found before. They found an actual deliberate burial.
1: Huh? This is in the, and this is from 300,000 years ago. Oh, so they the, this is like the the first ever recorded, you know, the oldest ever recorded burial. It's in the first,
0: point. first time they've ever found a burial site where someone intentionally, you know, dug a hole and put the body in it. That's ever been found from a species other than a human ever. And they found it a hundred thousand years older than the first known human burial. Wow. And to get down in there that far down in the ground, they almost certainly would have had to have fire, Hmm. which means they had fire, a a species other than humans invented fire on their own a hundred thousand years before humans called unknown cave of bones yeah yeah and then they found the buried skeleton of a child with a tool in its hand which means they were burying this child with an artifact which suggests they had a religion and believed in an afterlife because every every human being who was buried with artifacts and relics was buried by people who believed that there was an afterlife and they needed to take that tool with them to the afterlife or whatever thing it was. Right. So this is just, this is like, <laughs> this changes everything that we've always thought about how humans are different and special that only we have religion and only we have the capacity to, you know, revere our dead and bury them in a ritual. Uh, and we're the only ones who could ever have fire. And this is, I mean, th- these, they were much shorter than we were obviously, you know, that people have gotten much larger over just the last couple thousand years. Um, so they could have easily climbed down into this thing the way that, you know, people were having a hard time The the lead uh, guy in this archaeological team had to lose weight for years before he could fit down there himself, um, which is pretty like, that's how much, much you to go down
1: there <laughs> to, to, to get down something that small. Yeah, um, and these,
0: and these, these, this creature, uh, homo Nalati is the name of it. Yeah. I'm looking at their Wikipedia. Their arena. brains were three times smaller than ours. Huh? Which just
1: goes to show you only need a third of a brain to believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, yeah, this is, this is fucking crazy. I think I'm going to watch this tonight or at some point. That's, uh seems pretty yeah, interesting. I, I was not expecting to have my mind blown in so many different ways at the same time. I'm like, holy shit, am I glad I watched this? <laughs> wow. Yeah, they estimate uh, 335 to 236,000 years ago. That's fucking insane. Uh-huh. Um, Wow. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> just read. <laughs> I got lost. Reading. Yeah. I, was reading I mean, the, uh, I. That's that's fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's... It's, but there's still fucking idiots that think the Earth is five thousand years old. Like it's just incredible the level of disconnect <laughs> that your brain has to do to right. just you know. And, and that Kansas uh, of soup shouldn't have labels on them um, because <laughs> then your oh, wife might be look. able to choose yeah, what no. she wanted on her own. Well, you know, she trusts in him and in God, and then he trusts in God. So that's that's the. That's the arrangement that they have together to make sure that there's no um, un, unauthorized sort of, you know, uh, meal preparation in, so in, in their household. So you, you sent this to me and I read it like the first thing I read in the morning was this.
0: And I just I was I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like what possible purpose would this serve other just other than just figuring out,
1: like, what's the what's a cool new way to subjugate women that I can brag about? right right so let me uh pull up this guy's tweet um his name is let's see hang on one second went away on me uh is this guy is this guy like famous gary parcel i've never heard of this guy i you know i'm actually a little dubious because his account was created in august but I don't know. He, he did. If this is a fake, it's a pretty well-done fake. But uh, Gary Parcel. Uh, I mean, it is a blue check, so there's no... <laughs> it, if this is a bit, it's an $8 bit, so that's a good bit. Uh, theologian, husband, father of four, host of Men Must Lead podcast, author of Priest and Leader and His Place, Her Place, Biblio Patriarchy. Uh, so his... <laughs> his tweet says uh my wife and i remove the labels from our canned foods i create a secret code for all of them so when she needs canned peaches for example she can come uh ask me which one it is this exercise has caused her trust and dependence on me to grow by leaps and bounds prayer hands um, um what the what does the so, that even some guy responded uh so she has to interrupt whatever you're doing when she wants to prepare any food holy shit i'd find that annoying after the first time uh, and he said, no, she brings me the list of what she needs to use for dinner in the morning. And I will identify her at some point. I will identify them for her at some point during the day when it's convenient. Of course. What a fucking lunatic. Yeah. Who I, the fuck does shit like that? Uh, psychotic Let, Christians. Let's, I, let's
0: needlessly complicate our relationship in a way that makes me feel superior. And it makes me feel like you're my property, my plaything. to have to, you know, just like what, why, why you go to all that extra length when you can just i don't know smack her around and call her names or something you know like what what who comes up with shit like this
1: yeah no and, and again i don't know if this guy's real or parody but it, it, it this does not seem outside the realm of possibility uh for a fundamentalist fucking lunatic <laughs> to say something like this so i'll just say that caveat uh to say i'm not sure but uh yeah what a fucking psycho um Speaking of, we should... Okay, hang on. Listen to
0: this one. This is Uh the same same guy. Taking your children to a pediatrician outside the home severs the bond of attachment and security for them because it implies that their physical needs cannot be met in their mother's domain. This is often a child's first trauma. Invite the doctor to your home instead. I don't know. If this is fucking real, this is like like
1: call fucking call the cops and fucking rescue this woman like if this is a like real so- somebody
0: person. he's got something buried in his fucking cellar and it's not alive anymore
1: <laughs> yeah no for sure for sure for sure um all right yeah so let's get into the news of the week um yeah 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 <laughs> i guess <laughs> we can talk about more stupid shit oh i picked up uh, some cool uh blu-rays this week i was telling you oh off yeah there this great fucking uh uk import of the lighthouse which is a Excellent movie that we reviewed on this podcast uh, last year, I guess. I don't remember. Whenever um, it was out. Yeah. 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 Which which anyone should check out. It's actually a great uh, movie that has a significant uh, that has significant leftist undertones, especially, you know, in regards to the, the work and, you know, the division of labor and, and things of that nature. Yeah. And it, it's, it's so you,
0: you said it's it's a UK import version of the film
1: yeah yeah so basically it's like a box set it's got a. uh, does
0: that have like the extra uh, uncut 30 minute scene of robert pattinson masturbating yeah well that's that's obviously what the the, the big
1: selling point for me clearly Uh, was that scene scene. (laughs) but no it's got a bunch of special features and shit give the Um, people what they want (laughs) and it comes with like a book of essays written by film critics really interesting shit there's something in here that is along the lines of of what that guy, that video essay that we that we watched uh, that we talked about when we reviewed the movie. Yeah, um, there's something similar to that. There's some other interesting kind of essays I was starting to read through, um, and this fucking awesome kind of like packaging, which is just Robert Pattinson's like giant face that's like shaped like a, like a mountain thing with like the lighthouse light coming out of his eye. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah.
0: You sent me a picture. It was, cool I was pretty impressed. Just, just looking at the, uh, yeah, good got shit. the
1: cover there. But, um, and also and what is it? Is that, that's down under criterion, is it? No, no, that's, that's uh, arrow, which is a, a great like boutique Blu-ray, um, distributor, but I also actually just picked up a hard day's night, uh, criterion collection, uh,
2: the beatles special movie
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. they they'd released that uh, in the yeah, criterion yeah, yeah. collection pretty cool I just, yeah, you know i mean there's been
0: around so long i thought maybe there's like another movie called that but i guess that'd be you know, probably not good
1: there, there's a there's oh can't buy me love was like a movie in the 90s but uh but no yeah hard days night great fucking movie uh just just you know beatles at the height of their 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 goofy you know in, i'm sure in, in there's like a popularity a, yeah, I'm sure there's a porn out there called, like, uh, A Hard Night's Day. Oh, yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure. Ah, uh, oh, fuck, I was going to oh, try, bad. I'm trying to think of a porn again, okay? I got nothing, <laughs> I, I wish I'd prepared. Oh, well, next time, um, but yeah, let's let's talk about the news of the week, because uh, just, just hilarious shit, as per usual. Um, from our guy, uh, so, so Donald Trump, uh, was arrested, was in fact arrested, uh, uh, during the time that we were, uh, away from since last episode, uh, and did have his mugshot released. Um, it went about as predictable, as predictably as possible in terms of the, the, the sort of like liberal, like just absolute fucking field day they had on unfunny field day that they had on Twitter there were funny memes like you know in general to be found but just a lot of just hack uh, memes but
3: it,
1: you know well,
0: what I find so humorous is because they act like it's this huge gotcha moment to get Trump's mugshot and of course he completely owned it and that
1: enraged them and it's already was already selling t-shirts thing. with his fucking mugshot on it Yes, it, it's just Yes. The most predictable thing of all time that he would do that.
0: And this is it's like, what did you think was gonna happen? This guy feeds on you know the the notion that there's no such thing as bad publicity. And he's made a whole career out of that notion, right? And you think, oh, if we get him on his mugshot, he'll be humiliated. And turns out no. (laughs) Like you're 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 not dealing with somebody who's a normal person. Okay. So This headline, I love, this is such, this is like catnip for me. This article by uh, someone named Megan Garber, I'll read a couple headlines from her, but the the main one I want to read from is, the mugshot is a warning. Donald Trump's booking photo was supposed to be an exercise in humility. He turned it into a threat. (laughs) like okay okay so i'm just gonna read one paragraph from it but i want to read a couple other headlines from this person just to give you an idea of like her the mindset of the people we're talking about another another headline from her here barbie is everything ken is everything else hero villain incel warrior leader beach ken is not the star of barbie but he is its tragic plastic (laughs) heart like, okay, it's a fucking comedy lady. Calm down. Jesus,
1: it's about <laughs> a fucking children's toy. Like, it's, I, you know. I mean, seriously. And the movie doesn't take itself nearly as seriously no, no, as she's it. No, no, it, it seems just like a fun, you know, silly movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, another headline from her. The worst thing to come out of Trump's town hall didn't come from Trump. When CNN treated its event as a means of making news, it had already lost the battle. What? <laughs> battle? What? What battle is CNN supposed to be engaging in? They, don't they just they hold a town hall and then they talk about the town hall they just had isn't that what a forum is okay <laughs> this 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 might be the most absurd one why rewatching titanic is different now like ooh uh oh, oh, oh what what's uh <laughs> 25 years ago the movie turned tragedy into romance today that alchemy takes on a darker absurdity like what <laughs> like there's never been a movie
1: about fictional people experiencing a real life event before. I'm pretty sure there's thousands of those. (laughs) What is, I don't even understand her point. Like what, 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 what's the, what's the the darkness behind. Who fucking knows? She just posts like bait.
0: All basically. That's my point is that she just posts this shit is bait. Right. So just one paragraph from the mugshot is a warning uh, from Megan Garber. I don't even know what she writes for. I can find this thing. The Greek myth of Medusa takes many forms But the most common is this. Medusa was a woman who, having angered the goddess Athena, was made into a monster. Athena punished Medusa by turning her hair into a writhing tangle of serpents, and then by ensuring that anyone who looked into Medusa's eyes would be turned to stone. In shaping their story of a gaze made violent, the creators of that early democracy were prescient about a man who has tried to destroy ours. This, this is, Donald Trump's head may be covered in spray rather than snakes, but he is a Medusa all the same reconfigured for the age of mass media. Once you look at him, your fate is already sealed. Oh my God. These Good people, work. seriously, I, I swear they're actually jerking off to the mugshot. Yeah. Like they, they cannot get this guy out of their head and they're just, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. Um, we have a, we have a clip from a, uh, somebody who was, um, uh, Happy about the mugshot as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. So let's play, yeah, let's play a slip online. We'll chat about it.
2: So I just seen on Fox News that they just released the mugshot to end all mugshots. So you can go ahead and start pulling your PUDs now. And you call it a mugshot, I call it a merch drop because just like Frank's Red Hot, I'm going to be putting this shit on everything. Hell, I might even print up some baseball cards with the stats on the back. Standing at six foot three inches tall and weighing in at a very svelte 215 pounds. He's got a rap sheet longer than his red tie. My president and still your president. Look at how handsome he is. Looking like Michelangelo himself chiseled this man out of the finest butter they got down at the state fair he's every man's nightmare and every woman's dream this is a witch hunt this is what this is how come we ain't never seen any other president's mug shot huh you ever seen george washington's mug shot no he was too busy posing for the dollar he sat down he said how's my wig does it look powdered good now take the goddamn picture <laughs> you ever seen ben franklin's mug shot no alexander hamilton's No. And you know why? Because they didn't have witch hunts back then. Funny how we didn't even (laughs) start to hear about (laughs) witch hunts. So my tangerine savior started telling it like it is. They didn't stop there. They were handing out indictments. Like they were shoulder rubs at a Joe Biden smell your hair party. Looking like a goddamn game of guess who. Looking like a Zoom meeting about how mayonnaise is too spicy. Like you're about to pull your thing out and rats showed up. Looking like they shut down the salad bar at Ponderosa. Looking like your wife just found your grinder account. Looking like your mom just said the pizza rolls are ready. Looking like nobody told you mugshots are a bad thing. Looking like you teach defense against the dark arts at Hogwarts. I'll tell you what. You keep throwing out them indictments because that's how I've been remembering to pay my rent. You drop some new charges. And I think to myself, oh, dude, tomorrow's already the 10th. I got to slip a check under Marty's door. So today I'm going to be raising my emotional support beer to my president and the rest of the goddamn Brady Bunch. Never surrender. Would you expect me to start (laughs) coughing?
1: Jesus Christ. So that
0: one you should go watch um, because when he's running through the list of like what all their different expressions were, he's like showing each person. Uh, like, because you know, there's 18 other people who were indicted and had mud shots taken in the same day same week or whatever. Um, so when, yeah, when, he, when he's going through all of them, it's like it, to a T, each person's different expression looks like what he just described.
1: Yeah. <laughs> jesus christ um yeah so you know again we, we we talked about this a little bit when he got arrested um i i don't know i mean it, i i genuinely am not uh sure how this is gonna go i'm not gonna claim to be an expert on uh on on law or on georgia fucking you know statutes or you know how, how, how rico cases are prosecuted but uh, apparently
0: anything goes under rico in georgia Um, so yeah, we were going to talk about the stop cop city, uh, Rico indictments too this week. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fucking scary. Uh, this shit with, um, 61 people indicted under the same Rico case.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's just from one, uh, you know, (laughs) kind of funny application of Rico to one. Uh, completely chilling and you know extrajudicial judi- use of uh, RICO to to tie people in to to alleged fucking organized crime um, for the act of you know d- doing mutual aid or fucking like d- the the, the so list the, of things is, is the preposterous. list of things is
0: really is really telling um, and and the theory is that this Republican state attorney general uh, Chris Carr is his name. Is only doing this because the local DA was, was had no interest in any criminal prosecution of any of these people, and she's a Democrat, right? So this guy is like, "Well, I'm going to show this, this this Democrat prosecutor that we're going to punish these people with the most draconian, ridiculous framings of the law possible, and also probably run for governor after this case too." Um, so just and if anyone's unfamiliar. RICO stands for the Racketeer Influence and Corruption Organizations Act of 1970, and it was passed to fight the mob. Okay. Racketeering is a set of illegal activities aimed at commercial profit that may be disguised as legitimate business deals. Um, What part of that is handing out flyers? What part of that is, you know, raising bail money? You know, what part of that is setting a fucking bulldozer on fire? What
1: part of any of those things falls under RICO? None of them. No. But, you know, again, just nobody's going to stop them. They're going right. to do this. And you know. well,
0: and 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 any, and, the, and it's having the opposite effect. This is like a, a Streisand effect of now every, more and more national media uh, organizations are paying attention to this because they're just like, what? This is fucking crazy. Like they weren't covering it much before, but now they're definitely covering it. And this guy is going to blow it because when you overreach like this, this is how you lose cases yep. is by t- too broadly defining stuff. And then things start getting thrown out of court. Um, and they're going to get, uh, you know, they're going to get a ton of free lawyers to come down there and defend them. And they're going to file motion after motion after motion until this thing, you know, dissolves, but it's still pretty fucking scary. Um, so just some of the details here, uh, they spent, so six pages of the indictment were spent just defining what anarchist means. <laughs> And I wanted to read from from some of that because this is they're trying to frame completely protected and legal behaviors as somehow criminal. Like this is this is they're saying this was a criminal conspiracy, right? So they're defining all these things as being part of that criminal conspiracy. This is from the actual indictment. And I could not believe this was this is actual wording from the indictment. But this is just a few paragraphs here. Mutual aid is a term popularized by anarchists to describe individuals who exchange goods and services to assist other individuals in society. This is, this is part of the indictment.
1: This is what they're being indicted for. <sighs> did you? they say designed by... What was the phrase of mutual aid is what by anarchists? is okay let
0: me read it again sorry mutual aid is a term popularized by anarchists (laughs) to describe individuals who exchange goods and services to assist other individuals in society without government intervention like so, so so they're not paying taxes because they're helping each other not paying i don't know closely related to collectivism mutual aid is not a new term nor is it limited to anarchy. However, the major factor in anarchist mutual aid is the absence of government and the absence of hierarchy. (laughs) Indeed, an anarchist belief relies on the notion that once government is abolished, individuals will will rely on mutual aid to exist. In doing so, anarchists believe that individuals will work together and voluntarily contribute uh, their own resources to ensure that each individual has its its needs met. Yeah. So it's, it's describing, this is, this is like, you know, the antithesis of what is good and right in American is people just voluntarily helping each other. Like, isn't that what libertarian conservatives are always saying? That like everything should be voluntary, that you shouldn't be forced to pay taxes. (laughs)
1: Like this isn't, I don't know. Libertarianism is the least consistent ideology of of any political ideology, to be fair.
0: (laughs) So to just continue here, social solidarity is another term that is embraced by anarchists. It is tied closely to mutual aid and collectivism. Uh, social solidarity is the idea that individuals can live together without government and can provide for each other, like like the way that people did in olden times. Yeah. No. No. The notion of social solidarity relies heavily on the idea of human altruism. That is, individu- individuals will voluntarily offer goods, services, and resources. They're coming for me. Can you hear it?
1: Yeah, I was going to say. What the f- as soon as I start reading about it, <laughs> it,
0: comes comes the fucking the wrong law enforcement. People. CPD's at my door. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Uh, anarchists often shorten the term "social solidarity" simply to the term "solidarity," and is frequently woven into speeches, statements, and then it cuts off there. That's my screenshot. Uh, anarchist zines, oh, zines instruct its members on how to effectively promote its political message while also promoting the false ideas that the group is nonviolent. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know any anarchists that claim to be nonviolent. No, uh, it's, but you know. Again, uh, smashing a bank window is not violence. That's vandalism. So just keep that in mind. Sorry, it's kind of fuzzy here. The publications are used to teach influence, defend the Atlanta Forest members, and recruit on how to deal with the media to promote its political message. An example of of one of the publications, one of these zines, uh, quote, Talking to the Media, A Guide for Anarchists. Uh, telling its members to have extremely low expectations of the media. The zines paint the media as an enemy by writing that, quote, you are a criminal freak for yeah, that part doesn't make sense. Let's get that part. Basically, they're trying to make zines sound like it's some like scary fucking communist propaganda. Yep. Um, when usually it's just like know your rights type stuff, like the things that cops will try to do to trick you in interrogation and why you shouldn't talk to cops. That's what zines usually do. If you're making an anarchist zines, that's usually the case not trying to just, you know, spread ideology. Uh, anarchists publish their own zines and publish their own statements because they do not trust the media to carry their message. Really? You just contradicted yourself there by claiming that they're putting out zines to teach you how to talk to the media, but then saying that they don't trust the media carrier message? defend the Atlanta Forest documents, recommend, or recommended publishing zines and conducting publicity on their own because quote the best advice is to trust a reporter about as far as you can throw them i mean sure but they're still doing a job because they view the media as quote lying scum and it's best to treat them as such and I mean, it doesn't it doesn't say that they, this indictment doesn't say what zine they're quoting from so there's no way to verify what they're actually say,
1: pulling this from right just complete made up bullshit potentially right. you know nobody it, knows it,
0: you know it, it, it's It could be anyone. It could be literally just any zine they found laying around someone's house when they raided their fucking, you know, broke the door down shit. This is why this is this is my there's so many contradictions in this indictment that this guy sounds like a fucking idiot. This is why defend the Atlanta forest. Anarchists often publish their own documents or conduct their own press conferences instead of allowing the media to report the story. So they're holding press conferences for the press. That's the media. What the fuck do you think? It's like you just said that they don't trust the media and don't let the media tell the story because they publish zines. But then you say they
1: also hold press
0: conferences to to deliberately
1: to speak with the media to get their message out. So And and the the way that he did when he announced
0: the indictments at a podium with the press there, he's saying that, that if anarchists do that, that's somehow different, and it's because they don't trust the media. Then who the fuck was the press conference for? It, it's it's just, just it's like brainworms.
1: Yeah, no, complete. I mean, complete brainworms. Just grasping at straws. Anything that they can uh, throw at it to just make it seem scary to, to the fucking straits is, is what they're going to do. Um, well, the, the, so the other theories,
0: they they use the exact same grand jury that they used for the Trump. Rico indictments. And I know that, you know, oftentimes it's just based on scheduling, once they convene a grand jury, that grand jury will look at numerous cases. You know, it's like, oh, hey, we got you for a month, so we're gonna have all these different things here. But the only two countries that do grand juries are the US and Liberia. Um, and it's originally was created as a means to prevent political prosecutions. That, you know, it was up to a jury to decide if there was enough evidence to take something to trial rather than just a single, you know, malicious prosecutor. The problem though, is that grand jury is a giant secret and there's no defense and there's no cross-examination of witnesses. So a a DA or attorney general can steer that jury wherever they want to by only showing them certain things and none of it gets contested.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, not good. Seems seems, seems like a right. ra- railroad job, but so
0: if you if you got a bunch of you know red blooded Georgians together and you read them all this shit about how evil anarchists are, you probably be like, oh my god, they're they they figured out how to uh, a printing press. What's next? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> you, so they're tra- they're trying to frame these very normal non criminal behaviors as somehow part of a criminal conspiracy. Right. Rico,
3: um.
0: So yeah, I had some more of the details of it, but it's just it's hilarious how incompetent these people are at even trying to prosecute a case. But just like well okay, so I'm gonna read a little bit from this article. This was hilarious. So Associated Press article 61 indicted in Georgia on racketeering charges connected to stop Cop City. Uh, we haven't even really talked about the cop city itself that much, but I'm sure people who, if you're listening to this show, you probably know what it is by, by now.
1: And I think we talked about it when it first was happening. Uh, that first yeah. kind of couple weeks.
0: So this is, this was funny because the, the guy who wrote this AP article, his name is RJ Rico. <laughs> like, like what are the odds? Like, hey, we need somebody uh, down on the, on the, on the writer's floor to write up a, an article. Who, who, who should we pick? Oh, let's have, let's have RJ Rico, write The Rico article. <laughs> I'm sure you got uh, that and was like, is this a joke yeah, right. among the defendants, more than three dozen people already facing domestic terrorism charges in connection to violent protests. Because if you throw a firework at a cop, that's terrorism. Yep. Um, I mean, I've been at protests where people were throwing fireworks at cops and that, you know, nobody was arrested. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what fucking federal fr- snowflakes these cops are down in Georgia, but uh, three leaders of a bail fund previously accused of money laundering because, uh, apparently, if you set up a, a GoFundMe for a general purpose of support for people and you use it for bail money, that's considered to be fraudulent somehow, I guess. Sure. Uh, and three activists previously charged with felony uh, intimidation after authorities said they distributed flyers calling a state trooper a murderer for his involvement in the fatal shooting of a protester. So the the you know the, the kid who was in the tent and they shot him 57 times. Yeah. Yeah, so they they passed out flyers with the name of the cop who... who sh- one of the names of the cops who shot that kid. And they claim that that is intimidation of a of police officer for putting publicly available information on a piece of paper and handing it out.
1: Yeah, no, how dare they intimidate that, that guy who fucking, you know, <coughs> unloaded multiple clips into a fucking, you know, unarmed person. Yeah.
0: Well, and this was a case where... Somebody, one of the cops started shooting and then they all start shooting because that's what they're trained to do. And then they said, oh, well, the kid shot first and they found no gunpowder residue on the kid's hands. So I'm sure they found a gun next to him, though. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. And it'd be. Oh, and then they said that, like, that a cop actually got shot in that incident, which isn't true, because if it was, they would have the name of that cop all over the news every fucking day.
1: Yep. No, he would be, he'd for sure be a martyr. He'd be retired with full pension and, you know, um, <clears throat> yeah. and if any, any cop did get shot in that, it was probably just fucking friendly fire from one of the idiots. Oh, just you over, know, over, over exerting, you know,
0: over, over well, exuberantly. If you watch the video of it, there's cops on the audio of the video saying that they were worried that that would happen, that they would surround this tent and that they would, they would start catching each other in crossfire. <laughs> there was like one officer like telling people to stand back, stand back. We don't want a crossfire situation. And then like, there was other ones that were like super trigger happy. So you can tell that like, there was a mix of people of like giddiness and excitement. And then like people who, who were actually worried that they were going to have a friendly fire incident. So I guarantee that's what actually happened. <sighs> Republican Brian Kemp, uh, Republican governor, Brian Kemp, meanwhile, praised the incident. I'm sorry, I praise the indictment, saying in statement, my top priority is and always will be keeping Georgians safe, especially against out-of-state radicals that mm-hmm. threaten the safety of our citizens and law enforcement. So there it is, outside agitators, there it is again, they still use
1: that. Yeah, no, these outside agitators who, who live in every major city in America, they just happen to fly, you know, it's never actually the people who live in that city who are outraged by something, it's always people from right. the outside. And this Brankles would be the illegal.
0: largest, this cop city would be the largest police training facility in the nation. And it would be a training facility for cops out of state <laughs> in addition to Atlanta. So who are the actual outside agitators? Yeah, I was going to say, I,
1: and I, 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 in, yeah. Who are going to come you, there? It's the fucking pigs. Out of state radicals. I, I think that that would uh, fall under that category uh, is, is the maniacs who would travel to this this fucking, you know, uh, like you know, summer camp for fucking cops, you know. To, to... Well, and
0: you know how they do exchange programs with the different departments in different countries too. Like we
1: sent cops over to Israel well, to we, learn we have, how they're, to. Fucking... They're NYPD fucking precincts in in multiple countries. It's it's fucking insane. Right.
0: Like, so you're gonna you're gonna have fucking, you know, it, it's just gonna be used to militarize the police more to wage war on protesters, and then and they and the Enlightenment says. The indictment says this movement against Cop City started the day that they uh, killed George Floyd. The day that Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd was the day that this movement started. So this was this is like they consider this movement for racial justice and environmental justice to be the war that they're building this training center for to combat.
1: Yeah, Um I mean, you know, <laughs> it's kind of them smacking themselves right—you know, face face first into the point without uh kind of getting the point. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's just yeah, it's,
0: it's just it, they're just proving exactly why people don't want this, right? Yeah. they view the citizens that, as the enemy that they are training to fight and beat down, right? That is the real mentality. And I'm, I'm sure there's cops out there that don't think that way, but. The, the system of policing that wants this thing built and wants to indict people under false charges of Rico, that is the mentality they have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of mentality, I I wanted to play this before we got out of here. I, we, we had talked about it earlier uh, in the week or maybe it was last week, but the, the Bill Maher clip from one of his unwatchable television shows, I'm not sure if it's his HBO show or if he has some like, Fucking podcast now because no one watches his HBO show. Um, well, they can't because the writers are on strike. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> well, that's well the... I
1: mean, but I've seen him <laughs> do this show for years. Like I've seen clips from this whatever this set is that he sits in for years. Um, is this
0: this the clip with uh Jim Gaffigan?
1: Yeah. Let's see. Is Jim Gaffigan in this clip? Um, is he talking about
0: the writer strike in this? Clip?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a Jim Gaffigan yeah. clip. Yeah. No, I just had the audio. I had to find the video. Um, yes. Yeah, so let, let's play the audio of this fucking asshole asswipe piece of shit and uh we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit
0: oh he's also he's holding his cigar
1: throughout this entire talk too so just just, to, just to, <laughs> as if he couldn't be any more table. douchey and, and and you know haughty rich guy the strike
4: is a perfect example Th- those guys would never go back this strike could go on till uh the, the 24th century they would stay out um there is i feel for my writers i love my writers i'm one of my writers but, uh, but there's a big other side to it, and a lot of people are being hurt besides them. A lot of people don't make as much money as them. In this um, bipartisan world we have, where you're just in one camp or the other, there's no in-between. You're either for the strike, person. like like they're fucking Che Guevara out there. You know, like this is Cesar Chavez lettuce-picking strike, or you're with Trump you know like there's no different there's there's only two
3: camps and it's much more complicated than that it is but i i do feel like there is uh, a lot of the points a lot of the grievances i i kind of agree with i do
4: understand that they're getting str- uh, screwed a bit by the streamers yes
3: yeah i mean but it's a change and you either you know it's like Anything that is, you know, I believe in free market, but I also believe in trust and then verify. Right? What does that mean? Meaning, you, you know, you don't trust. <laughs> you know, like the reason. I mean, Zaslav made four hundred million dollars, uh, and I think the they're they're looking for eighty million. For you know, it's like it's like they're gonna gr- you know, you leave a kid in front of a bowl of marshmallows, they're gonna eat the marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like some grand thing. It's well I don't know what you're saying, they're
4: only asking for eighty million dollars? Well I'm saying They're asking that that for a lot of things. They're asking are, for a lot that of are things like kooky. Like what what I find objectionable uh, about the philosophy of the strike, it seems to be they have really morphed a long way from two thousand seven strike where they kind of believe that you're owed a a, a living as a writer, and you're not. This this is show business. This is a make or miss league, and not everybody. You don't ma- think
3: that like they should that streamers should reveal numbers so that they can? Oh, maybe things.
1: sure. <laughs> what a fucking moron! I, can you imagine being a writer for his fucking show? Just what 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 a what a what a just fucking uninformed, unsupportive piece of shit. Uh,
0: <laughs> you don't deserve to earn a living as a writer. I love my writers,
1: but I don't believe you deserve to earn a living. It's fucking unbelievable, this prick. Um, and, he, and he goes, he oh, it? they have kooky demands, but he doesn't fucking name a single kooky demand of theirs. That you Yeah, know. He, he doesn't know. He doesn't even. He's not following it. What, he, what did he call
0: it? A make or miss industry? Like, the, you still have to pay the people when there's a miss. Well,
1: like, and he, and, and regardless,
0: he's trying to make a sports analogy is what he's doing.
1: But even when when your team loses, you still have to pay the players when they lose. Yes, because they've made it to the league. That's the whole point. It's a make or miss industry in the sense that it's really hard to, quote unquote, make it in Hollywood, like to get your movie made, to get your script made. But once you do, you fucking get paid. That's the whole point of fucking work. Most
2: of of
0: these writers are not working every single they're not being paid every single day or even every week or even every month right right that's why they're asking for more money because they have good chunks of the year where they might may not be working at all yeah okay no and genuinely. i love that he, i love that when jim caffernan says uh, you know trust but verify bill Mars like what does that mean that's a famous
1: russian proverb by the way
0: <laughs> yeah well <laughs> so that's no, no wonder one he doesn't know it no wonder he doesn't know it yeah
1: Fucking moron! There's some kind of like a Che Guevara, C- Cesar Chavez, like what did he say, salad strike or some ch- some? Yeah, like well, there was big, the big farmer strike. Was a fucking over. you know comment that he made. The 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 strike he's talking about was
0: the like the lettuce picker strike back in the seventies, eighties. I forget exactly when it was. which. Of course, he
1: doesn't support. God forbid, he supports like no. an actual fucking you know radical revolutionary strike.
0: Uh, well, he's he's implying that that was for a good cause, but this isn't like this is your industry buddy like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah just yeah absolutely the worst person and no he's never not been like this it's just that people didn't realize um because i think most of the country has gone further to the left they moved left idiots uh and he's been left standing there you know naked dick to the wind and just chomping on a cigar uh, hair all slicked back. He looks. He's looking more and more like Rush Limbaugh, except with without the weight, you know.
1: Yeah, no. He, he's got that rush, that combo of the Rush Limbaugh, uh, Vigo from Ghostbusters Two thing going on. <laughs> it's just very bizarre, fucking features that oh like it God. just just only a you know. There's there's a reason he's been a lifelong bachelor. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's just just not not even a mother could fucking love that that piece of shit. Like, did it's you just, see
0: the tweet of some? It was a a, a Writers Guild writer who said that they. Were offered a, a gig writing for real time with Bill Maher under the promise that it was one of the, it, it paid better than any other late night show. And he said, well, why is that? And he said, cause, cause nobody can stand to work with Bill Maher. So, <laughs> so he has to pay his writers more to fucking tolerate him. And he knows that. And they know it basically.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, that's yeah. why I thought it was hilarious. That he was like, Oh, well I'm one of them. I guarantee you, he fucking blows in, you know, two hours before they're about to record the episodes. Like what you got for me. Makes oh, like yeah. a note or two here that like he doesn't I, do fucking sh- If you ever watch his his awful television show, you could tell that's just a hack monologue written by people who know what their host likes saying, but like no passion whatsoever behind the jokes, just mean spirited fucking. The, the thing funny. that I,
0: I can't stand about him is how he's so sure of himself, but so unaware of himself at the same time. Uh-huh, which I guess uh-huh. those two things go together pretty well. But if you remember back just before Occupy happened, he, Said that the Democratic Party needed like its own Tea Party, that right. we needed like a version of Democrats that's just so fucking crazy that like will do and say anything, and not care about the consequences. And then literally like after that summer when that episode aired, Occupy started, Occupy Wall Street, and he went down to the encampment in, in New York City and did nothing but just like pinch his nose at every single thing he saw. He was like drum circles. Ugh, what's the? He was just so disgusted by the whole thing and I'm like this is exactly what you wanted. Right. I watched your episode like a couple months prior and this is exactly the thing you said you wanted. But of course he didn't really want it. He just wanted to, you know, think that he was the edgiest guy in the room. And when it actually happened,
1: he was just like, "Oh, well, it's a bunch of young people saying things that I can't relate to." Yeah. no, the the the, the he, he couldn't when he was actually like face to face with the rabble, he couldn't fucking bring himself to, you know, support them. So, yeah, he, he's a yeah. piece of shit.
0: I had a couple. Other, speaking of the pieces of shit, I forgot this guy existed. Mike Huckabee <laughs> it yeah. was in was in the news because Mike Huck, Huckabee. Uh, this is just a headline. Fundamentalist lunatics. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I literally forgot he existed. And I'm like, oh yeah, he was the guy that like played the bass in that shitty band. Um, <sighs> Mike Huckabee hints hints at violence if Trump loses in 2024 <laughs> will be last election decided by ballots rather than bullets. So I guess he's got his own show on the fucking Trinity Religious Network, because of course he does. Of course. Uh, yeah. I did see some good news, though. Um, this headline, uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken announces, announces $1 billion in aid during su- a surprise visit to Maui for the wildfires.
1: Is, is that Did he actually do that, or is that for you? No, I'm sorry.
0: I got that wrong. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I was going to say that. I was Blinken... Like, <laughs> Okay, you no, know, I, I got the headline wrong. Blanken announces $1 billion in USA during a surprise Ukraine visit. There we oh, okay. go. Okay, there that's... we go.
1: Yeah, now that makes more sense. I was trying to wrap my head around it. I was like, oh, that's actually like a good, do, you do something good? And I was like, no, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah,
0: Secretary of State Antony Blanken announces $1 billion in aid for Ukraine while visiting Kiev on Monday with the majority of the funding focused on military and security <laughs> assistance.
1: It's just so funny cuz the shit that we that we spend money on versus the shit that we cheap out on um wh- that you know actual essential things that we cheap out on like aid to aid to Maui or fucking I, I was reading today an article about how they're act they're reco- they're not recommending the next round of covid boosters for anyone under the age of 75. Because if they recommend them, then they would be on the hook for actually paying for them and they don't want to have the government doesn't want to pay for them again. So they're pretending as if they're not useful, even though they're like people did like the studies they did were like, yeah, well, you know, it increases your antibodies like ninefold, you know, against the new strains of COVID. But they're going to claim it's like not benefit. They basically have to claim that it's not at all beneficial so that they're not on the hook for actually like, you know. Doing literally I mean, anything. I mean, it's
0: it's hilarious how they want us to have a privatized healthcare system, but then when, you know, the the you know, Pfizer and J and J when they have to build a government, the government's like, oh fuck no we don't want to have to pay that. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> like, just fucking... <laughs> like see, you don't like it either. So why do you fucking do this shit? It's just so fucking infuriating and in, in Yeah. I mean there the are there's time. a lot of fucking shit that you know the um the insurance companies get billed for that. I'm sure they're questioning like, is this doctor ripping me off? Cause like, that's apparently a thing that does happen. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: For um, sure. There, there's fraud had... all throughout the industry, which is why it should not be a for-profit industry in general. It's well, yeah, right. Oh, exactly.
0: But I, I mean, I've been lucky cause I've been going through, I just, I had that surgery four weeks ago Yep. and you know, I first broke my collarbone back in March and I've had at least a dozen different doctor visits for all that. And I haven't had a bill for any of it. I haven't paid a dime for any of it.
1: Wow. No, that's good. That's great. It's, it's
0: probably a close to two dozen if you include all my physical therapy appointments. Actually, so it would
1: be thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars if that I mean, was not insured. My, my, so the,
0: the thing was, you know, my, my bone had fused, but it was displaced. Right. So it's like overlapping. So it was never going to heal. Right. Right. But it already had healed all the way. And the doctor had to re-break it. Right. But he can't just cut the bone because I don't know why, but just he'd have to get in there and do more shit. But I was in the surgery for three hours. Wow.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. That's not uh... a,
0: <laughs> and this guy has been a, 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 bone surgeon for 40 years. So when I saw him for the first time after my surgery, he was like, yeah, you put up quite a fight. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm like, well, yeah, I had a feeling that, you know, if it was completely healed and you had to re-break the bone, you're going to have to get in there and move <laughs> a lot of shit around. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but we put everything back where it was supposed to go. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just like picturing, you know, some kind of fucking, you know, thing like stretching open the fucking incision point so we can get like multiple tools in there to fucking pry the bone apart and shit. And I'm just like, ah, did you remember to take a picture
1: before we started moving things? Fuck, I forgot.
0: <laughs> <You> know, <just laughs> well, there, so it's hilarious, though, because I, I went through like probably eight different people Before the surgery actually started and every single time each one would ask me which side they were operating on just to make sure. Well, no,
1: yeah, I'm sure that's a liability thing, but that's, that's a little, you know, that's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, and, and, and they have it
0: on their sheet. They're just rechecking it over and over and over to make sure that they don't accidentally cut on the wrong side. Right. Yeah. No, I I think that would be, it'd be be a huge fucking lawsuit. Right. Right. They even like, right, right before they wheel me in, the surgeon comes out goes over some, you know, a couple last minute things. And then even he checked one last time. I just want to make sure we're do which side we're doing is the right side. I'm like, yes. And he takes a marker and writes my initials on that arm. Hmm.
1: That's. So I mean, the, I, that's in a way that's good to know that they're that concerned with it, but it also makes you wonder how oh, many times they've cut good. into the wrong, <laughs> right,
0: wrong right. I'm like, how many
1: times has this gotten fucked up that you know of? <laughs> more than one. It's had to have been more than once if it's this level of like right. triple checking. You know. Well, you know, you hear horror stories, but also
0: it's like I've never had this kind of surgery before, so I don't fucking know what's normal.
1: No, right. I, um, uh, yeah. Say, I think they did the same thing with me when I had my knee surgery. They asked a bunch of times, but I think that's just probably an insurance liability <laughs> thing at this point.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, my, my physical therapist told me that, you know, when they do knee surgery, sometimes they just have to take out like a fucking mallet and like smash the side of your knee until your kneecap oh, pops off. And so they have to do a fun. kneecap replacement. Yeah. Oh, good she was She, was, she told me, she told me she, she was like bone surgeries can be very, very violent <laughs> with what they have to do to refract. Well, bones the bone. are really
1: fucking tough. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about bones. Like there's a reason you, it's very hard to break them, you know, <laughs> barring like major. Well, it's like tensile trauma.
0: strength where, you know, like a sudden impact can break a bone. But if you're just laying still, it's very hard to break a bone. You yeah. have to apply a ton of force and I don't know exactly what tools he used, but I'm assuming he had to get something in there that would get,
1: like you know, I mean, they cut use into hammers the bones and slightly. Jizzle. I've seen you know, I was video like,
0: ugh. I'm pretty sure it was a wedge, and they had to like hammer the wedge uh-huh. into the bone to get uh-huh. to fracture.
1: Yeah, ugh. yeah. Yeah, well, they create so, they create a, a fracture point with the wedge, and then they yeah, like they hammer they chisel hammer away at it, it ch- exactly. It, yeah. And and I, I may have talked about this before, but it's just I can't
0: I can't stop thinking about it because no, it's just like ugh, you know it's like I still have a bandage on because I don't like looking at this huge you know axe wound on my fucking shoulder because uh, it's it's you know when I had a hernia surgery it was like the incision point I couldn't even tell where it was mm. so it was so perfect and this is like a huge wide purple thing right. On my shoulder, so I know they had to like stretch
1: I, the tissue apart to get in there. Ugh, I remember being so freaked out when I had my knee surgery because it was not only was it like a long, like eight inch scar, but they had like the staples in it when I first got it. Yeah, under under the wrapping, so I would like feel the sta- oh god, I still fucking cringe thinking about. Like, literal staples in my fucking leg. Like,
0: just, yeah, I, I was lucky I didn't have any of that. They just used, like, the the, the glue or whatever but they used. Yeah,
1: I think it, the technology even, because that was, like, when I was in high school, I think the technology even in that time has come a long way in terms of, you know, what you're able to just glue up versus versus having the stitch or staple. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I'm sure we've made everyone pass out from <laughs> fucking, like, hard. So I, heart I, I heart. wanted
0: to share one last funny thing before we get out of here, because... Like it, it, we, we've been talking a lot about movies and Barbenheimer and why movies bombed and why Barbenheimer was such a huge hype deal um, and how Hollywood's going to learn all the w- wrong lessons from it. Oh right? yeah.
1: Every, every, every and, like serious horror thriller, like historical movie and every like campy, like, you know, what like comedy is going to be like the new Barbenheimer from now until the end of time.
0: Yeah. So they're going to start planning this, hoping they can, Oh yeah, that's true. You yeah. know, strike, lightning twice or whatever so this was all right so there is a taylor swift documentary about her eras tour that she just finished coming out in october and so is a new film in the exorcist franchise <laughs> so they're already calling it
1: the exorcist swift <laughs> oh my god i thought they were doing that with uh isn't killers of the flower moon coming out the same week as the as the taylor swift movie also i you know i haven't followed that that close to really i don't really
0: follow like release dates that often no i just know Um, it's coming out
1: around that time but you know the new scorsese movie which i'm fucking i I feel like
0: yeah i feel like there was another movie i saw that was coming out that they had linked those two up but uh
1: (laughs) yeah i they're
0: just gonna keep doing this because it made a fucking trillion dollars and like saved hollywood for you know what could have been the worst summer of our lives as far as as revenue yeah but, uh, yeah i mean i'm sure that Barbenheimer was cooked up in a focus group somewhere but people identified with it they were like hey that's pretty clever right you know but like if they just keep hammering this shit out we're like eh, yeah now this is it was great once and you're just killing it you're just killing this thing
1: yeah yeah it's unfortunate um but like you said it's 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 gonna happen uh <laughs>
0: Unfortunately I saw but. what was it um that uh what was the fucking Russell Crowe exorcist movie did you watch that
1: The Pope's exorcist no i, I saw the yeah. trailer for that <laughs> it was like oh my god It was
0: it was halfway decent cuz he well cuz he can actually like do it different accents you know yeah. like his, he's a, I, I like Russell Crowe.
1: he's great like he's he's never not good in whatever he's in even if it's he's, he's just like in. you know what
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna get portly and i'm gonna be <laughs> look like a fucking raging alcoholic and i probably uh-huh. am but you're st- i can still act so there you go
1: right <laughs> no I, that, no the, the, well,
0: the nice guys was one of my favorite comedies like the last 10 years honestly you know, i gotta it's, get
1: that i gotta I, I gotta it's get so, that
0: and check it out i keep hearing it, good things about it and they they make so few radar comedies these days that like right. it's just, you know, this doesn't happen.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll uh I'll definitely check that out. Uh I think we covered what we wanted to uh cover tonight, though. So.
0: Hey, what was that other DVD that you said you just got of something that I had told you to watch like a million times?
1: Oh, Thief. I just I just got Thief in. Uh, yes,
0: we talked about that last episode. Yeah. I just can't remember what it was.
1: Really nice special edition Blu-ray of Thief. Uh I think they just did a recent restore from the uh the ocn original camera negative that's a big thing now and the kind of new uh re-releases of movies is they'll actually find like an original print clean it up and give you like this really crisp fucking restore of it so it looks you know 10 see, times think, better than
0: my favorite thing was always going to see an old movie in like a micro theater where it was not a restored copy
1: it was like <laughs> just a piece of the, shit grainy like fucking... just
0: pops in the sound uh-huh. and like fucking huge chunks of like you know, holes missing. Giant cigarette negative. burns
1: throughout. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: Just like, you know, like an original print You're... should look like shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a charm to that, too. I, I, I will admit there's a charm yeah. to that, too. But I think that that charm is lost in the home experience. That's like I go to the go to a, like a grimy theater with like stale popcorn and fucking, you know, like Seriously. that's, that's what that charm is. It, for, but like when you're watching it at home, like to get like that, just crystal clear, fucking, you know, 4k Quentin
0: Tarantino paying extra money to like degrade the quality of the film, you know, like
1: <laughs> right? scraping it with just fucking sitting there with like some, room. yeah, <laughs> sitting there with some dirt and throwing it on the print every, every, you know, 20, 20, 20 feet of reel or whatever. immersing
0: the reel into sulfur for a few seconds
1: <laughs> and then pulling it back out. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's an so, artist,
1: <laughs> crazy bastard. Can't, I'm very interested to see how the uh, the film critic turns out. I, it, it would not have been what I what I pegged as his last movie. Uh, oh, when it's I it's not heard gonna was, be his last. It's not gonna be his last. Movie. Well, He's you know, his shit. last for now, but. <laughs> This is what they always do, is like, oh, I'm gonna
0: make this a, a novel or a play instead of making it a movie. And then he's gonna get halfway well, through it and then he's gonna go, nah, fuck this, I'm making a movie yeah, out of it. Be
1: a way better movie. Well, that's <laughs> what he did with Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight was supposed to be a novel and a play, and then it got leaked, and he's like, oh, I'm not gonna release it at all. And they're like, oh, I'll just make it. <laughs> it was you know, it was like That was you know, that was what uh Shane Carruth did with uh Primer.
0: Was was he quit his job as a physicist or whatever the fuck he was and he started writing it as a novel and then he's like holy shit i am gonna make this a movie and then he did and everyone's like oh it's the, like the only accurate time travel movie anyone's ever actually made before <laughs>
1: you've never actually
0: seen that it, it's good it's it's very good it's very good but it's very unlike movies that you're used to mm. um it's a little bit hard to tell what's going on during part of the movie but i think that's by design because it's, it's basically like you know in order to travel through time, you have to just basically pass through time, It, you know, kind of like with tenant where you have to go backwards at the same speed you go forward. So you can't jump like eight years into the future. If you want to go back in time for one day, you have to climb inside this chamber and sit in that chamber for a whole day to go back just one day. But even still, there's like, you know, okay, you can just start betting on sports in the stock market and become rich, you know, right. but you have to, you have to spend a lot of time in the chamber going back, right? <clears throat> But as soon as you go back, then there's three of you, right? There's the you that's going forward in time. There's the you that just got out of the chamber that's also going forward in time, and then there's the you that's still in the chamber because as soon as you get out of the chamber, there's another you in the chamber still that hasn't gotten out of it yet. Hmm. So if you think about like how the, the, we're going to loop, right? So then it's like, okay, well, if, if can I call myself right now? What would happen? You know, what if I if if someone calls me to do both my phones rings? Like the, it's so, it's all these like things that you never thought about in time travel movies before, and they don't know either because they're, they're like scientists in the movie trying to figure this out. Like, you know, basically built a a time machine in the garage. Um, but yeah, it's really good. And then they start like turning on each other, and you don't like, you don't know if
1: the time travel is causing them to go crazy or not, right? Um, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably pick it up, so don't give me the ending away, but that sounds uh. (laughs) it's
0: kind of haunting like you watch it and you're kind of like this is scaring me a little bit so there's definitely some horror elements to it but that's that's
1: cool i like that I'll check it out
0: his second film upstream color was pretty amazing too but also just almost unwatchable really (laughs) as a a film it's a very difficult watch yeah it's like it it causes a lot of stress and anxiety in you in ways that
1: you're not really used to watching Hmm. a
0: film and you're not really sure why but there's some really disturbing shit in that one too
1: they actually uh, released a, a twofer, uh, Primer and Upstream Color on Blu-ray a couple of years ago, so I think I'm going to pick that up. I'm only eighteen yeah.
0: bucks. I mean, they're they're good movies. The thing is, it's crazy about Shane Carruth is like he he wrote it, he produced it, he filmed it himself, he stars in it, and he wrote the entire film score.
1: That's yeah, that's great. (laughs) I love that shit. That's like those dudes I sent you that, um, that, 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 uh, that, well, (laughs) that I may have may or may not have sent you that, that, uh, video file of for that movie, uh, something in the dirt. Uh, you know, I started watching that and then I fell asleep during it and I didn't pick it up and finish it, but I remember I liked a
0: lot of what I watched and, and yes, it reminded me a lot of, of primer.
1: And it's like those two dudes in the movie are the writer, director, editor, like they they're like complete indie do it yourself guys who have made a bunch of like really cool fucking indie sci fi cosmic horror movies Yeah, Um, like that one. And they're actually like weirdly, really good actors for people who aren't like primarily actors. Um, But they also made like they I think they finally made like a sort of. Semi bigger budget movie a couple years ago. That synchronic movie that we watched, or that where like the, the drug that like sends you back in time or whatever. Uh sure. it's like a street drug, and like you get sent back in time. I, I don't remember. I, I, I that was probably my least favorite of theirs, and it was also the one with like mainstream actors in it. That was the one with fucking uh, Anthony Mackie and uh, Jamie Dornan or whatever, but. Um, but all their their indie stuff's fucking incredible. There's this movie Spring that they shot like on location in Italy. It's sort of like a Lovecraftian like cosmic horror love story. It, it, they, mm. they make good shit. People should check them out. Um, but yeah, yeah.
0: everyone go watch that thing on Netflix about the um, the subhuman species that invented religion, fire, and burial hundred thousand years before people did.
1: Um, all right, yeah, so yeah, go check that out. Uh, yeah, and we'll see you next week. Tick, 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 tick.